say my name until the city burns and the stars fade away and your scars don't hurt i will hold you till the sun comes crashing down i'm yours until the end of time hey everyone welcome to the restored to more podcast a listener supported podcast that is dedicated to restoring marriages to wholeness in christ after being affected by pornography and sexual brokenness After betraying charity with pornography and unwanted sexual behavior, we had no idea how to rebuild our relationship or even if it was possible to restore what was broken. Today, by God's grace, we have learned how to connect again, laugh again, and rebuild spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy to an even greater experience than before. Our goal is that as you hear our story, the stories of others, and the knowledge needed to heal, you too can have a marriage that is becoming restored to more. I'm yours until the end of time. Update everyone. Course one registrations are back open. Whoop, whoop. This is an eight week course starting Thursday, September 14th. That is designed to help you and your spouse start the journey to becoming restored to more. It will be led by R2M certified coaches, Cody and Michelle Larson. We will be focusing on how to cultivate safety and trust, healthy communication, deal with triggers, and begin to discover how God can use crisis to create closeness. You can see all the details on our website and can register today at www.restoredtomore.com slash courses. Also, if you have appreciated this podcast, a great way to say thank you is leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. These reviews help more people find the podcast and experience hope and healing. Say my name until the city. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Restored Tomorrow. We are so excited because today we are going to be talking to you guys. <laughs> um, we just love everybody who is um, on our journey with us. And yep. we get requests on DMs and messages and comments asking us, saying, hey, this would be a great topic to discuss on the podcast. And so we decided that today we're going to pull one of the topics from one of our listeners, and uh, they wanted us to go over. Triggers. <laughs> yeah, so so many questions with triggers we get all the time, and the recovery process. We call it the restoration process. I'm sure you've caught on to that, because we don't think that uh, it's just like you're in recovery for life. We mm-hmm. believe that God does restore, and He does heal, redeem, all those cool words uh, that he does for sure. And so, um, yeah, so today I'm excited. Just like Charity said, we just want to say thank you to those of you that continue to listen mm-hmm. to the Restored to More podcast. Thank you for those of you that have shared it with your friends and family that are also having hard times or your churches, or your pastors or professionals that are just coming come alongside other people as a, as a resource. We always want to be that. And um, we're just grateful, grateful for what's happening uh, in the field, grateful for how many couples are reaching out for help and grateful how we're seeing so many young couples reach out and say, hey, I'm going through this and thank you for giving me a voice and giving me a place to to just be safe. And that's what this is all about. So yeah, today we're going over triggers, which is a heavy topic, but a much needed topic. We are going over what is a trigger, how we experience triggers, because both people have triggers. We're yeah. going to get into that. That actually men experience triggers, the betraying spouse and the betrayed spouse experience triggers. And then we're going to talk about what to do individually when you are fit, when you are having a big trigger and how can you support your spouse as they are experiencing a trigger as well. So it's going to be a jam-packed podcast for yeah. sure. And disclaimer, we are not therapists and counselors. And I just want to say that like we are just sharing from our experience and from mentors that we've had and, um, and I just wanted to say that. That's no, so. good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything we do, every material we, we create, every, uh, the, the groups we take people through it's, we can, we work with people who are professionals in the field. We really grab a lot of their material and we just explain what did that look like for us to process through those topics Yeah, and we relate to people and that's what it's all about yeah. for sure. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, let's dive in Charity. Let's do it. Why don't you tell us what a trigger is. Okay. And we'll start there. Let's do it. So I'm going to read like a legit actually definition and uh, cause I don't want to mess this up. It's from the book Shattered Vows uh, by Debbie Laser from Faithful and True Ministries. If you haven't checked them out before, totally plug right there um, to go check them out because they're awesome. So um, in her book, she says a trigger is a stimulus, a look, word, 
behavior, smell, touch, or an event or experience that reminds us of an earlier experience, and then it creates a reaction out of us. Yeah, I read that, and I was like, wait, triggers aren't always negative. Yeah. In our field, they're mostly negative. We yes. are, we hardly ever say, yeah. ah, what do I do when I experience a positive emotion that just triggers other positive emotions? Yeah. How do I handle that? Right? Yeah. That's hardly ever a question yeah, we get. Yeah, it's kind of like a memory. Yeah, absolutely. And But it creates a reaction out of us, and that reaction can either be positive or it can yeah. be negative. In this instance, we're probably going to be talking mostly about the negative ones um, because that's part of the recovery journey, but... Uh, it can be positive. I think we should start with some examples. I'll do the positive yeah. one because it's okay. like, oh, yeah, this is a positive one. Sure. Charity and I, when we first were, were actually one of our first ever hangout times was us surfing in Dana Point um, at a beach called Doheny and Doheny State Beach. And so we would, uh, she was a surfer. I always wanted to learn how to surf. And so she pretty much taught me how to surf. We got in the water. We surfed a little bit. I was absolutely terrible at it. And another dude was like showing off to Charity the whole time. I won't, I won't get bitter right now, but, uh, but it was a great memory. We sat with our, uh, the teacher that was, that was doing all the surf stuff, bought like a bunch of pizzas and we sat in her car and ate pizza, a whole pizza. And you know, cause you could do that back then. And, uh, you could eat a whole pizza. It wouldn't, wouldn't do anything to you. Go to your hips. It wouldn't go to your hips <laughs> <laughs> or the other parts of me that it goes to. <laughs> um, and we sat and ate a whole pizza after we surfed and just laughed. And it was really our first time ever hanging out one-on-one. It wasn't really a date. It was just a hangout mm. session. And so a trigger could be like, every time I drive by the ocean, mm. I think about, oh man, this memory I have with Charity was so awesome. Mm. It was our first time hanging out. Every time I drive by that beach, especially by a beach that has a jetty with a harbor right next to it, it reminds me of Doheny State Beach. And it's like, oh man, that was our first time really hanging out. And that's mm. a positive trigger. Mm. But again... We are talking about betrayal, trauma, sexual yeah. addiction, a restoration of a couple after going through those things. And yeah. so most triggers are going to be not positive. They're yeah. going to be triggers that that set something off or make us experience and have a reaction inside of us based off a prior experience. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't control a trigger, but you can control how you respond to them. So good. In the beginning of recovery, first of all, triggers normally happen all the time. Like I remember in the beginning having multiple triggers a day and it's so hard because you cannot control a trigger. I mean, a trigger, you could smell something and it could trigger you back to a memory. Uh, You can see something that is out of your control and it's going to trigger you. Um, You could feel a certain way and it could trigger something that happened in your past. You know, there's so many things that are uncontrollable in the beginning. And I just remember like, man, like when am I going to not be triggered Mm. all the time? Yeah. Because there's so many emotions and you already feel so unsafe um, after discovery day in the beginning of recovery. And so I just, I think it's important just to share some of the triggers that I experienced Absolutely. and then Clint can kind of share some of the triggers that he had. But for me, um, some triggers were Clinton um, not answering his phone. Maybe he, you know, went to the grocery store and if I texted him or if I called him and he didn't respond, that would be a huge trigger for me because um, it would set something off inside of me that would create an unsafety and instability. And I would automatically think like, okay, if he's not answering, that means he's, you know, acting out. And, um, cause that is what has happened in the past. And so it could be not answering the phone. It could be taking his phone in the bathroom that could, um, cause me an unsettling and some anxiety. Like, why are you bringing your phone in the bathroom? And then he's in there for a long time. Uh, it could also being home alone. Like if I need to go somewhere and he's home alone, I can get super anxious and leave the house and just my head can wander and I can just be triggered automatically just by leaving the house and not even him doing anything. But just it's the fear of what is he going to do in the house when I'm not there? Um, and I get some I, I got very triggered when he was angry because normally yep. when he was angry, then it would result in him medicating those emotions. And so I would get triggered that he was triggered. And then we went into a downward spiral. Yeah. And I think the hard part about triggers is that in the beginning, it takes a lot of self-analyzation to even realize that you're triggered. Like self-awareness? Yeah, like self-awareness to know, Oh, I'm triggered right now. Like I just remember, cause this is again, give yourself grace. This is a whole new world you've stepped into. And so I remember, um, just 
being mad and angry and emotional and anxious. And normally what happens is you're triggered, but you don't know that you're triggered, but you're feeling those emotions. And then you just start acting out yeah. and you just start, you know, getting angry at your spouse or angry at your kids because you, you haven't taken the time to realize like, Oh my goodness. Like, why am I responding like this right now? Why all of a sudden is there a switch going on? Why am I not able to breathe? And you know, and I'm just unsettled and uneasy. And the hard thing about a trigger, I tell people this a lot that I'm talking to is when you are triggered and you don't know how to not be triggered it feels like you are on this whole nother planet Mm. and it is like, how do I get back to planet earth? Because when I'm triggered, I think of the worst possible scenario ever. If Clinton doesn't answer his phone, I'm thinking he's acting out. And then if he's act out, then what am I going to do when he comes home and he's sleeping on the couch or he's getting kicked out or, you know, there's so many things and our brain just spirals and thinks of the worst case scenario. And so being on triggered planet is what I call it is just really, really hard. Mm. And our goal is to give you guys some tips and tools in how to get back to planet earth when you are on triggered planet. So good. What about you? Well, I'm just thinking like, you know, you talk about that and I think there's really a few different ways we can respond to a trigger. And I know we'll talk about this later, but what you're, what you're, you described one area, which is so good, but really we wrote these down and basically it was either that we are going to suppress the emotion mm-hmm. and deny that we're even being triggered. Cause yeah. you're right. It takes a lot of self-awareness to even know I'm triggered. So you're going to deny it and we're going to suppress it. Um, or we're going to medicate it, which there's a lot of ways we can medicate. It's not mm-hmm. just pornography and masturbation yeah. as a husband and a wife. There are many ways that we both can medicate those emotions mm. um, in an unhealthy way. Mm. And then medicating is never healthy. Medicating mm. an emotion, just trying to treat the emotion on a topical thing instead of mm. like really heal it. And, or, or we can unhealthily handle it. Like mm. that might not be medicating, but that might be like anger or, or like you said, rage or frustration mm. or just all these things that we are putting our body through that's unhealthy. Or hopefully what we can gain to do is learn how to handle it in a really healthy way. And that is like learning how to process it, learning how to talk about it, learning how to do some things that we're going to talk about in a little Mm -hmm. bit about how to recover. Can I share a story about that? Yeah. Okay. So um, in early of recovery, Clinton went to a therapy appointment and he came home and I was in the kitchen thinking about what we're going to have for dinner. And he immediately grabs a bag of hot Cheetos, which if anybody knows anything about us, like (laughs) bag of hot Cheetos means something's going on. And it's uh, it's normally medication. Yes. And he sat at the (laughs) table and he starts eating these hot Cheetos and he's like, I threw them away. He threw them away. He was frustrated, just like dissatisfied. And then he grabs some chocolate and he sits back at the table and he's like, ah, this is terrible. Throws it away. Grabbed a bottle of wine. Grabs a bottle of wine. By the way, it's probably like one o'clock in the afternoon. Not that it, you know, I don't know. It's five o'clock somewhere, but we don't normally drink wine at one o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) We might we might drink it once or twice a week with a board game or some cards or something. But not by yourself. But not by myself at one o'clock in the afternoon, just because. So I I pour half a glass, have literally one sip, and dump it out, and I'm like, ah, and I just. Yeah, go ahead. You're telling the story. And so, yeah, I look at him and I'm like... He's going nuts. He's losing it. I'm like... What's wrong with this guy? Are you okay? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, you just grabbed like three different things and I'm just... This is... I'm wondering if there's a deeper emotion going on and you're not (laughs) wanting to face it, not wanting to communicate about it. I don't understand what's going on. And then... And I just was... I was trying to medicate. I was... A lot of times a therapy session is very triggering very, very triggering because you're talking about such deep things. And I just remember driving home and just the things I was wrestling with, the things that were exposed in therapy that day, mm-hmm. they were just huge. And that's what it was, right? I mean, we had talked about things. And so we were bringing up all these experiences and it was creating a reaction in my body, mm-hmm. in my mind. I did not want to feel mm-hmm. what I was feeling mm-hmm. after that therapy session. And I tried to just make it go away mm-hmm. and it wasn't going away. And in that moment, I saw like, oh my goodness, he's going to have to learn, relearn 
how to healthily no, le- process. Learn. Not even relearn, just learn yeah. for the first time ever. Healthily process emotions, big yeah. emotions when they come up because normally what he had learned since Act he out. was a child is I'm experiencing big emotions. Yep. So what does that mean? Well, I don't want to feel them. So I'm going to act out and then move on yeah. with my, my day. And so that's why for me, it was a little triggering because I'm like, oh man, he, he used to do this. He doesn't want to do this, but is he going to do it? Sure. You know? Yeah. And, sure. but it was really, I think it was really honorable and, and humbling to see you work through that mm. and for you to realize, okay, I have to learn how to do this in a healthy way. Yeah. And you didn't want to, your body didn't oh, want to do day, it. That day I just was so upset because I wanted to numb myself so bad. Yes. But I wanted to not numb myself more. Yeah. And I just was like, I want to just not feel the way I feel. I don't know what to do. And I want to to be better. And I remember calling my sponsor and just talking it through. And we're going to talk about, I don't want to give all the, all the good stuff away at the beginning of the podcast. And you got to finish the whole <laughs> podcast. We're going to talk about what to do when you are triggered. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. You know, yeah, I'll share. So you should show me your triggers. That was great. Uh, yeah, you were triggered a lot um, all the time because of everything. Me going, maybe leaving the house. I mean, just yeah. even me walking out the front door, running an errand was like, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Because everywhere you go, there are ways to act out. Yeah. There are magazines everywhere. Yeah. If my phone wasn't unlocked, I had my phone. I and mean, this is before I really, you know, was, was very diligent to even lock things up. I mean, there were so many play- things and all this mm-hmm. stuff, right? You can act out so many different ways. And, uh, and rightfully so, you were triggered about that, for sure. And it's very debilitating. Yep. If you don't know how to get back to planet Earth, it can consume you. Yep. Yeah, I, I was triggered. And, and so once I jumped into recovery, I was triggered all the time, too. I mean, even like me getting home from work before charity and being like, okay, I'm home now, and she's not here. I was so triggered. And, and, you, and it's hard because people say, well, is that being tempted or is that being triggered? And so we know that we are tempted by three different things, right? It's the world, by Satan, and by our own flesh. And those things draw us into temptation and 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 make something desirable so that we worship something else and we don't worship God or we numb our pain or whatever it is. We don't go to the right sources for help and healing. And so there were certain occurrences that would happen, um, whether they were, I was at a grocery store and I'm walking by something and there could have been a, a, something. I mean, it's it's really hard, in my opinion, to go. What is a temptation and what is a trigger? And so there were times of temptation for sure, like when Charity would leave the house and I was by myself. But I also had sense of, oh, I'm, I'm lonely right now. And I think that there are connections there with triggers that lead to temptations. We know that the Bible says there's no temptation that has overtaken us that is not common to man. And God will always give us a way out so we can stand up under that temptation. Mm. So we don't have to get, and it says, I love the, the next two verses say, therefore flee from idolatry because sin is idolatry. Mm. And so I just think that's so important. And so mm. what we think about with that is like, okay, so yes, there's temptation there, but how much of it is based on a trigger from a previous experience? Oh my goodness. That's so good. You know, it just reminded me like, does Satan know our triggers better than we know our triggers? Oh, that's good. And I think that Mm. he does. Mm. And so when he knows that we're triggered, he's going to come crawling and prowling. And like, this is when they're low. This is when they're weak guys. Go, 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 go. They're triggered. They're angry. They're lonely. They're tired. They're, you know, whatever it is. And so now is the time he knows our weak spots. And so he's coming prowling. And I think that's why you're, what you're saying about temptation, like that's the opportunity where you can either be like, no, or you fall into it. Yeah. Yeah. So there were times for me that I I was, I was triggered because it was, I was feeling things that I had felt before, whether it was loneliness, inefficiency, inadequacy, feeling small, insignificant, unheard, overlooked, unimportant, scared. I know those are like really big emotions. I just basically read through. Mm -hmm. But let's go back to a job that I had. There was a job that I had and I was very disrespected by my boss and my coworkers. I wasn't performing very well. And it was where I acted out so many times uh, at this job and and all these things. And I just, I just felt completely inadequate constantly. And so things like my boss would say, Hey Clinton, you know, let's have a chat later today. Well, man, that, that is a trigger. That Mm -hmm. is like, Oh frick dude. Mm -hmm. 
they're calling me in again because I didn't hit those numbers and mm-hmm. everyone knows that they just announced it in front of the group. So now I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I am feeling super small. And, and the, I had a lot of bosses like that, that were just very much like, I'm going to make sure you know your place. You're small. You're insignificant. I'm the boss here. You're not in charge. You're not valued. You're just a number creating numbers. And if you don't hit those numbers, uh, then you know, you're worth even less than you thought you were. And so that was a trigger for me. Things like that. Um, Charity being triggered was big because she she would come home and she would say that she is feeling unsafe. Well, to me, I would interpret that as you're a worthless husband. You're not doing the right stuff. You're still inadequate. Um, you are unhelpful in the situation. You are not powerful enough to, to really create safety for me. And that would trigger me. So then I'm feeling all these things again. And it could it could be Charity giving me a look like, are you serious right now? Are you stupid? And then I would like go off. Um, it, it, for me, it would, all these things, I mean, even just occurrences in my life, I know that I, I've, I've worked through so much of my childhood and I'm sure there's still things to work through, but it could be little things, maybe a text from a family member that would set me off because all of a sudden these emotions are triggered. And that's what we want to talk about is how much these triggers lead us to emotions. Mm. And then, and then our, the way we handle those emotions determines how well we do recovery. So good. If there was a little diagram I could put in your brain, so good. it would be first a trigger happens. And like Charity said, it's so good. We cannot control a trigger. No. You can't control your past, your brain. You, you can't control what you smell mm-hmm. or what you see. You can't control a look. Sometimes I will, I will look places. I don't even mean to look and I'm looking somewhere. And I didn't, I didn't say brain, look over there at that, whatever it is. I, my brain just looks at something. We can't control a touch the way somebody would, would touch us. Maybe somebody reaches, uh, maybe a friend grabs a wrist and that could be a huge trigger because there was something physical that happened in your mm-hmm. past that your wrists were held down. I mean, all these things, you can't control a trigger. And so what that does is it triggers emotions, whether it's fear, loneliness, anxiety, all these different emotions, very feeling small, feeling unheard, feeling inadequate, feeling scared, unimportant, mm-hmm. undervalued, and then those, and then we have to decide what am I going to do with those emotions? Again, am I going to pretend like they're not there and deny them and just bury them? Am I going to medicate them? Am I going to act out? Am I going to am I going to handle them in an unhealthy way? Am I going to let them trigger other emotions? Like anger being a secondary emotion, or am I gonna am I gonna go? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm triggered right now. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm losing it right now. What do I need to do? And that's when I hope you would listen to this podcast and take some notes and go. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do to handle a trigger for me, and then how we can support our spouse as they mm. go through a trigger. So good, so good. Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> all those amazing other people that have poured into me. I love that. That was really powerful. Thank you. Well, let's talk about how to individually handle triggers because it's very different how to handle a trigger individually and then how to support one another in a trigger. And so we're first going to just address like individually, let's say Clinton went to the grocery store and he um, didn't answer his phone. And so now I'm at home with the kids and it's been way longer than, you know, grocery store time should be. It's been maybe an hour and a half, right? And, um, and I'm super anxious, like so anxious for an hour and a half while he's gone. I'm walking around the house. My blood pressure is increasing. I'm getting sweaty palms. And like Clinton said, emotions are just going off inside of me. And I have the opportunity to healthily respond Mm. to my emotions or have the choice to unhealthily respond. And you guys, first of all, like we are not, we were not perfect with this. That's why I shared the Cheetos story. You know, yeah. for me, um, I was running to, and I'll share like things I used to run to when I was being anxious and um, just really high stressed. I would run to Ben and Jerry's. I mm. love chocolate. Like I love, and there's something when you eat chocolate that. Yeah. Dopamine goes off in your brain and. All these different things. Yeah, yeah. and so it would make so me feel, feel good. Feel good chemicals. Yes, yeah. it'd make me feel good. So I'm running to Ben and Jerry's and I'm eating that. And then I'm, you know, running to chocolate. And or sometimes I would even just go to my phone and I would just scroll and scroll on social media or TikTok or, you know, just different apps to fill my brain with thinking that it was doing something to help it when in reality it was just 
medicating it. And, and we know there's it. tons of chemicals that go off in your brain yeah. with social media, mm-hmm. with, with somebody just liking your thing or seeing mm-hmm. that you got a new follower or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Those are also ways of medicating the emotion yeah. for sure. And, um, and so now he comes home and I'm totally just still high anxiety and angry at him and I'm going to act out on him. Right. And so, yeah. um, how to bounce back and respond in a healthy way. Uh, for me personally, um, some of the things that really helped me get back from trigger planet onto planet earth was talking to someone about the emotion that had come up inside of me and really talking to somebody who is going to be a safe person. I didn't want somebody to fix me. I didn't want somebody to judge me, condemn me. I just wanted somebody to listen to my emotion and my frustration and my pain and my hurt. And I just wanted them to validate my pain. So that could look like maybe I called somebody, maybe I sent out a prayer request Maybe I did Marco Polo, you know, me and Clint are really big on Marco Polo, but you can get like a voice, um, video back from somebody and it just feels good to share with somebody what you're feeling, what you're feeling and having them validate that pain back was really crucial. Yeah. Um, another thing that helped me was looking at Bible verses for truth. I mean, I have a list on my phone, um, that has my favorite Bible verses that speak life and speak truth into me. And when I am feeling unstable, I need something to bring me back to stability Mm. and stand me on a rock on a firm foundation. And when I would read truth of how God is near the brokenhearted, how he will comfort me, he will uplift me, he loves me, he cherishes me, I am worthy, all of these truths, then it would permeate through me and I would get peace. Because when you're on trigger planet, you cannot think about truth. And so I needed to be reminded of truth from God's word. And it would just calm me down and give me this peace of like, okay, yes, what is true? And um, what does God have to say about me and my situation? Hmm. Some other things are just taking a couple of deep breaths, pausing and just taking Calming down your heart yes, rate. Yes. And get it, taking deep breaths gives oxygen to your brain. So it's just it's giving oxygen to your brain because your brain is running at a million miles per hour wondering, should I fight, flight, freeze mode? And so you are calming your brain down to be able to think properly through these emotions. Um, maybe, maybe it's just creating space to process by going on a walk, journaling, um, and maybe it's putting, I like to do this, but it putting your toes in the sand or the grass for just a couple minutes really grounds your body, calms it down. And, uh, and worship music, worship music for me is just, Mm. it's just so good. It just gives me such a peace. And so I would just play worship music and I would just be reminded again of God's love and his truth and, and what's really real in my life to bring me back to stability. Cause again, you guys, if you guys have ever seen or been around somebody who is a war veteran and he comes home and he is on the ground in the middle of the street yelling, thinking that he needs to duck and cover. No amount of logic is going to get him out of the street. He needs someone to just comfort him and to make him feel safe because he feels so unsafe. Hmm. And that's what happens on when we're on trigger planet. We don't need somebody to remind us of logic like, hey, Charity, he's not cheating. He's not cheating. He's not, you know, going to a massage parlor. He's not and his car acting out, he, you know, it's like, I don't need that in that moment. What I need is to calm down, to feel safe. Mm. And then I can be reminded of truth and be reminded of what's probably going on in our situation. So you're ready for it after you feel like you get grounded, mm-hmm. your heart rate goes down, you regulate yourself. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, wait, do I really know if he actually is acting out or doing something and all that kind of stuff, right? Totally. Mm. And I have a game plan. Like, so for me, it was really good to know, Hey, I'm being triggered right now. So what can I do right now? Like what's in my tool belt to help me get back to planet earth. Mm. And I tell women that all the time, like, Hey, when you're being triggered, what can you do for you to get you back? Because if you don't, then your whole day is going to be flustered and um, who knows when you're going to come back. And so um, I think it's just so important to realize what is is going to calm you down and in a healthy way, right? Like, oh, a glass of wine will calm me down. 
Is that the healthiest mm, yeah, op- healthiest option? Um, or is it talking to doesn't through? matter if it's organic wine. It's probably still not the healthiest <laughs> Sulfate option. Sulfate free. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's really processing it in a healthy way. And um, I think so that's good. super important. Yeah, it's so good. Glad you share all that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, yeah, I'm, you made me, made me think about something just before I go on to me. You made yeah. me think how... So let's let's finish out that scenario, right? I'm at the grocery store. Uh, the line's super big. I actually have to go to another grocery store because the first one didn't have what we wanted. And I thought, you know what? I do love Charity. I know she really asked for this thing. So I'm going to go to this other store and get the thing. And I am act in an act of love. Now, I am oblivious. Now, this is what's really important, right? Is later on, we talk about later on in the day, it would be really important I get home and say, hey, and you say, hey, Clint, you didn't answer your text. You didn't answer your phone calls. And I, I, that really triggered me. Mm-hmm. And we need to work through that. I need you to tell me that thing. I need to have a game plan of, you know what? You're right. If I'm out of the house, if I'm not with you, mm-hmm. my phone needs to be on. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to respond after it, the first time you call. If I miss your phone yeah. call, I need to re- call you right back within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, you have the right to believe I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing because now it looks like I'm hiding from you versus not just communicating well, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have, there's no excuse of like, well, you know, I, I was busy driving or, you know, I was in the grocery store. It's kind of chaotic. I can't call you from there. Like mm-hmm. even just a 30 second, text. Hey babe, I'm doing great. Thank you. Everything's okay. So you know that I'm in line. Do you, do I need to call you? Mm-hmm. If you're like, yes, call me. Okay. Hi. Oh, yes. I'm getting cilantro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just something like that really makes you feel safe. Right mm-hmm. now, if I can't do that though, or if I forget to do it cause I'm oblivious or I'm ignorant of that stuff, well then it's important that I come home. But what happens is the scenario goes that I come home and you're triggered cause you didn't do those things. I'm having a great day. I'm thinking, hey, babe, I love you so much. I went to this other grocery store, but I walk in the door and immediately you're angry. You're mad at me. Why didn't you answer your phone? Why didn't you answer your text messages? What did you do? What did you do? Where did you, you know, all these things act, accuse, accusing me. And what is that going to do to me? You're going to get triggered. Boom. We got two triggered people in the house now. That mm-hmm. is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Just add a husband and a wife in the house at the same time, both triggered. And so our goal is that you wouldn't have this continually occur. This is one yeah. thing that occurred all the time yeah. in our relationship, which is just a plug for our courses real quick, because, <laughs> because we believe that yes, you can go to your individual healing courses and groups and programs, which we are, we advocate for, and we actually promote them all the time. But if you don't learn how to communicate, you can be hurting yourselves during that re- recovery restoration process in the very beginning, mm-hmm. because you're just, you're not seeing these things and you're fighting all the time about that. Yeah. I love what you said, Cherry, about just knowing those emotions and realizing that these triggers set off emotions in us. And I think I started that and you gave some examples. That was, that was great. Um, so yeah, so let's talk for me, what I need to do now. Now let's go back to my triggers of feeling small, insignificant, overlooked, unimportant, undervalued, not enough, powerless, all these different things mm-hmm. that I'm feeling because of whatever the trigger is. Yeah. For me, I do a lot of the same things. It's, Let's remind myself of the truth and let's take some deep breaths. Let, let's get my brain functioning properly. Let's, let's not medicate and let's maybe even call somebody and talk about what's going on. For me, this is why having other brothers and a mm. sponsor is so key because I can't rely on you to be that person in yeah. the beginning stage of restoration. I just can't. I can't tell you about how bad my job sucked today and how messed up my boss was to me because the reality is my wife probably has very little amounts of empathy Mm -hmm. that she has for me right now, feeling betrayed, in pain, doing all the work of recovery, restoration. I mean, you're just not like, you're like, I don't, right now I love you, but I may not like you very much. (laughs) I'm committed to you, but I don't want to hear this. I'm not the right person for this. And so me reaching out to my sponsor was huge. Having a sponsor that I could call that was available to me because he understood what it meant to really be a sponsor. And he, I would say, hey, man, his name was Joe. He was awesome. And I'd say, hey, Joe, I'm having a really rough day. I'm feeling super triggered right now. Uh, do you have time for a quick call? And if he said no, I don't get mad at that. He's busy. He has a life too, right? I would say, well, do you mind if I just text you what happened? Um, or hey, can I leave you a voicemail? Just I need to talk about it. Yeah. That's why Marco Polo is great because I'm just going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you can just record it for as long as you need to be. Mm-hmm. I would call Joe and leave a voicemail sometimes. Joe, here's mm-hmm. what happened to my job today, man. I was working hard. Dude. I've been freaking trying to pump it at my job and showing up early and staying late and doing all these things. And my boss still just find reasons to nitpick me. I don't know if they have a thing against me. I know my numbers aren't great, but they're not terrible or whatever the case is. And just walk through it and say, here's what I felt, man. I felt powerless. Mm-hmm. I felt insignificant. I felt undervalued. 
I just had all these same feelings that came up from my childhood when this happened, or mm-hmm. when I felt this way from a teacher, or when I felt this way from my parents, or when I felt this way from from uh, from a colleague or, or or somebody in college or a professor or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going, man, this sucks, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really feeling right now. And so I just appreciate you listening to me and hearing me out. And you need to find that safe person so they can say, man, that that really does suck. Mm-hmm. We call that sitting in the suck. It's what Job's friends did so well. When they first saw the turmoil that Job was in in the Bible, they just sat with him. They ripped their clothes. They put ash on their heads, and they just sat next to him. They were quiet. The ministry of presence, just sitting in somebody's pain and just being present, even just going, wow, mm, I feel that. Man, that's tough. I'm so sorry I had a day like that. Gosh, I feel like I'd feel the same way. Even relate sometimes. You know, somebody that could say, hey, you know, I, I've been there, man. I've, I've felt those things and those things, they are really, really messed up feelings. I'm so sorry you're feeling that right now. Oh, man, the ministry that does our heart when somebody feels you. For me, it was also, and we know that if we can't connect with a person, there is somebody that we can always connect with 24-7, and that is the Jesus Hotline. <laughs> the Jesus Hotline, 1-800-PRAYER, is always available. He's right there. And his word is right there mm-hmm. and his peace is right there and his Holy Spirit. The Bible says that, you know, if a father, a son who asks for a piece of bread, will you give him a scorpion or he asks for a fish? Mm-hmm. Will you, will you give him a snake? But how much more does our father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I just think that's so amazing that we can say, God, I need you right now. I am broken. I'm hurting right now. Is what I'm feeling true? Am I worthless? Am I powerless? If I am powerless, what does that mean according to you? Because we learn that even in our weakness, that's when God shows up, that we are powerless. And that's okay. It's God's power inside of us that allows us to be content and to keep moving forward and to be enough. That we're not, we don't have to be enough, but God is enough inside of us. So many different mindsets there about just getting connected to people, getting grounded, going for a drive, going for a walk. There's healthy ways of handling all that pent-up anxiety. It could even be going for a workout. Maybe going for a run, getting out that adrenaline and that heart. If that heart rate is beating fast mm-hmm. and I need to do something, man, grabbing my surfboard and saying, Charity, I really need to surf for 30 minutes, an hour. Can I, can I just come back in an hour and a half and get in the water real quick? Totally. Throwing in, going fishing, just doing something that is not destructive behavior that's creating peace in the midst of chaos. All those things are helpful. Yeah, it's just calming your brain down enough to decipher like what's really going on. Yep. Just creating that space to be able to healthily process the emotions. Absolutely. Yep. Right? Emotions are not bad. It's just yep. how to handle them in the right way. You think, I think at times too, as we're staying God's word constantly, we know that God's word is alive, sharper than a double-edged sword, cutting through bone and marrow, dividing soul and spirit, all these different things. And so we know that if we are reading God's word, God is going to reveal truth to us. Mm. And Sharon and I both have notes in our phones that are God's promises to me. Mm-hmm. And we have verses that say, these are great things to medica- meditate on, right? Not medicate, meditate on right now as you go through triggers. And in those, in those times we're triggered, we both would pull out our phones and we'd go, let me run to God's truth. Mm-hmm. And, and they could be God's truth of promises, or they could just be verses of comfort. Mm. The verses that comfort me are when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, praying, asking his father to take the cup from him. And God says, no, he allows Jesus to go through hardship. He allows him to go through persecution, even to the point of death, betrayal, all these things he allows him to go through. And Jesus, and God says, no, but Jesus ultimately wants to do the will of his father. And I say, Jesus, even if you're not going to take this away, God, I, I, I do want to do your will. I want your will for me more than I want my will for me. And I can even just surrender what's going on in those moments of distress, for sure. So good. Let's transition here, huh? Let's do it. Okay. So now how do we support one another? I, we understand that we may not be the safest person for each other right now. Yeah. And and I don't expect, I, don't, I hope that you wouldn't come to me with all of your pain, all of your yeah. scenarios. You probably need other people. I may not be the safest person yeah. or the safe person, but how can I support you when you're triggered and you're going to trigger land or trigger planet, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So I want to share with you guys a real life story of something that happened to us. So we were already in recovery for a little bit and, um, Clinton liked to play tennis at nighttime. And yep. so super late. Yeah. Like I would start playing at like eight 30 and play till like 10 30 be home at like 11 o'clock. And so when evening he went and 
it had, it was pretty late. And so I was like, I was expecting him to text me. And after, I stayed later. I stayed later than yes. normal. Mm-hmm. And so I text him and I'm like, Hey, how's tennis? Um, you know, just asked him a question and no response. I'm like, this is super weird. Mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't respond for a while. And I'm like, wow, like there's no way the light at the tennis thing. I know that they go off. And I was like, he can't still be playing tennis. Like how come he didn't, you know, reach out to me after he had finished playing tennis and no yep. response, no phone call, nothing. Yep. Now it's really late. It's dark. And I'm just in my room and I'm pacing and I go onto my phone and Clinton has the Live 360 app. And I go on the phone and it says Clinton has turned off turned his, off location, his services. location service. It's 11 o'clock at night. He's not responding to me. He's not home. Yeah. And he turned off his yeah. location. Yeah. Talk about a trigger. I was losing it. Yeah. I literally was like freaking out. I was pacing back and forth. I was like planning in my head how he is going to be kicked out tonight, how he is not allowed to be stay at home. I was thinking every worst case possible scenario. I was like, how could he turn it off? I cannot believe him. That's so deceiving. I'm excited to see like what he's going to, how is he going to get out of this one? Cause there's no way he like, it's just the proof. Hello, Life 360, not there. You're not responding to my stuff. I am feeling so unsafe, you guys. So then Clinton walks into the door. I walk in the door and man, I'm feeling good. I just did something that was life-giving. I did play tennis. I, normally I come home at about 10, 1030. Tonight I decided I'm going to play a little bit longer. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Charity will understand. So I played until the lights went off at like 11 o'clock and then I was home at like 1120. And it was, I mean, that is pretty late, right? Getting home for sure anyway. Um, but I get home and you know, after you, after you sweat, after you have camaraderie, I had a good game of tennis that night. I was like feeling jazz, like yeah, I'm feeling great. I walk in the door and I'm like, you know, doing my little like head bob and carrying my tennis bag. And whoa, I get met with swearing. Charity is not always this angel when she is triggered and she was swearing at me. She was yelling at me. She was angry at me. She thought everything that came out of my mouth was a lie. Nothing I could say could convince her that I had played tennis. Even though I walked in sweaty and smelly, she was like, I was like, I played tennis. She's like, no, you could have gone for a 30 minute jog. You could, this would all be fake. You could have, you know, like just like, cause you know, that's what trigger does, right? Trigger planet. Every scenario, no matter what they say, they're lying. Cause your trigger and your scenario in your brain is the truth yep. and whatever else is not real. Yeah. And, and so uh, I just, I did not know what to do. Needless to say, Charity did not exercise things we talked about today as far as what to do when you're triggered. Um, and I was met with this wife who was, and so I think it's because maybe I had had a, I had played tennis that I was okay to go, okay, what does she need right now? What can I do? I can't, I can't talk to her. I'm just talking at her. She's not listening to me. All these things are going off. And I just felt like the one thing I could do was go, okay. What do you need for me to feel safe? Okay. Anybody who's listening, this is like so important. This question helped us so much. When your spouse is feeling triggered, asking them, yeah. Hey, what can I do? Yeah. How can I make you feel safe right now? What can I do to help you feel safe? Yep. And that to me, my guard went down and I was like, well, not completely, but you did. But it, it came down a little bit and it yeah. was like, okay, well, yeah. you can call yeah. somebody who was, you were playing tennis with and. Yeah. And, and, and verify that I was there. Yeah. But here's the deal. I just want to backtrack a minute before we go to that. I think that so many times when someone's triggered, we try to logically get them out of that trigger. Yes. When we are triggered and we are feeling these emotions that are too big for us, we cannot logically escape those emotions, especially dudes, because dudes think we can fix everything with just logic and a manual. And so we're like, okay, let me see yours. Okay, so you're feeling these emotions, you're feeling scared, and I see you're feeling that way because I didn't answer my phone. Well, here's the deal. My, I didn't, you know, blah, 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 and so you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, man, when a guy, when someone says you shouldn't feel that way, Man, just put on your boxing gloves right now because it's going ding, 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 like where the fight is on. You shouldn't feel that way. What about the worst words ever said by anybody who is trying to calm somebody down are you shouldn't feel that way. And so I just said, you know what? It makes perfect sense. It makes sense you're feeling that way. You don't know where I was. I didn't answer my phone. I didn't understand. I didn't understand why my phone didn't show a missed call or a text message or anything. 
And then I realized that my kids had my phone earlier in the day and they were on videos and they were watching photos and all this stuff. And they had hit disable cellular service and turn off the Wi-Fi. And so my phone was completely dead. The minute I hit that button, all these text messages came through, all these missed calls came through, these voicemails came through from not just Charity, but everybody. And so I could show her and that still wasn't enough. You would think as a man, logically, I just showed you why I didn't receive your phone call. I didn't get your text. I didn't call you back because I didn't know you called. I didn't text you back because I didn't know you texted me. And she was like, I don't care. I don't care. And I said, okay, what can I do to make you feel safe? Not what can I do to fix you right now? Mm. You're feeling unsafe. I would feel unsafe too. I understand that I've been a liar our whole marriage. I've lied about everything. My whole addiction has been a lie. All this stuff. I've gaslighted you. I mean, you feel like it's about you. What can I do? And she said, well, can you call somebody and verify you with that? I said, absolutely. Got on the phone, called some guys, was able to do what she asked me to do and just said yes to that request, which is a big deal. And she was starting to feel safe again. And you guys, yeah, like immediately after he did that, my whole guard went down. And I went, okay. Because I wasn't fighting you. Yes. Yeah. And it just, the entire thing just made sense now mm-hmm. in my brain. And, and I was fine. And I just think it's really, really important from a male's perspective to, yeah. to realize that it's not a time to defend. Yep. It's not a time to be prideful. It's not a time to rebuttal. It's a time to go, she is unsafe. Mm-hmm. I need to do whatever I possibly can to make her feel safe. And so it's not about trying to prove my point of where I was. It's a point of humbly saying like, yeah. hey, how can I be there for you during this time? How can, like, what can I do? And that's what Clinton has done so well in is he's realized, okay, it's not a matter of me and my pride. It's a matter of how she's unsafe right now. She is responding yep. because it's a lack of, of safety. And so how can I make her feel safe? And that's how we have implemented healthy boundaries in our relationship. That's why, you know, that's an opportunity for you as a wife. If it's the grocery store example, like we said, then that's when you can share. I actually, you know, in order to feel safe, I need you to be able to answer your phone. And if you've seen a missed call to call me back and say, Hey, so sorry, my phone was on silent. I was, you know, talking to XYZ in the grocery store. Um, I'm here right now. Yep. What do you, can, can, do you want me to take a picture of me and the apples at the produce, you know, station? And it's things like that just going above and beyond. And yes, it may seem like ridiculous and crazy, but if you want her to feel safe, yep. then this is how you rebuild safety. And this is how you rebuild trust. Yep. We get so many couples saying, how do you rebuild trust? How do you rebuild One intimacy? little brick at a time. And those little responses are rebuilding trust and safety and intimacy. And guess what? You're not going to have to do that forever yep. because she's going to start believing you because what you're doing is showing her that you're a truthful person and an honest person again. But if you just defend, 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 yeah. defend, then you won't be building those little bricks one step at a time like we're talking about. So good. That's great. A couple more things you can do to support your spouse in this time is that if they are triggered and you maybe, you know, maybe you are or not. The hardest part, I think, for a guy is to realize that most of the things that she's going to be triggered on relate back to our addiction, relate back to what we did, and that we have caused her now to feel unsafe. She's now going through betrayal trauma because of our actions. And so it is really hard to do this, but if we can, as guys, kind of remove ourselves from the situation here, just realize she's feeling triggered. It may or may not be right now because of us, even though it was previously, and the, and, and go, okay, you know what? I'd like to listen to you with curiosity. I don't want to react. I, I don't I don't want to react to your reaction. I'm not trying to fix you. I just want to make some I so we have some just things I want to read off. So it's just it's validate the pain. It's listen with curiosity, making eye contact, physical touch if they allow you to, whether it's holding their hand, putting your hand on their knee, on their shoulder, maybe on their head, just saying, Hey, I'm here, I want to listen, just kind of connecting in that way. Um val- you know, telling them something that that you are grateful for, you appreciate about them, even to like, Hey, I really appreciate you letting me in right now. As you've, as you're going through this trigger, as you're feeling this way, I'm grateful that you're allowing me to even listen to you and not running away from me. Thank you for doing that. Very simple thing. Mirroring their emotions as they, as they express what they're feeling, you want to validate their pain and you want to accurately identify what they're feeling. So are you saying you're, you're, what you're, I hear you saying as you're saying these things, you're feeling these things, repeat back what they're saying. That's validating their pain. 
And then mirroring those emotions with your own body. If they're feeling pain, you're not smiling, you're depressed. You look like you're depressed on your face. If they're feeling weighed down, overwhelmed, you have this face and this body like, man, gosh, that's got to weigh me. I feel weighed down. Like you sharing that with me because that seems so, such like a heavy burden. And you're mirroring what they're feeling, which is going to make them feel safe and heard. You're going to allow them space and you're going to say, hey, you know, you need some time right now. I'd love to give you some time. Cheers, what are you good about this? And she says, hey, do you need some time right now? Do you, do you need to go surfing real quick? Do you need to go call somebody? Do you need to go on a walk? Whatever we had going on, it can wait. Whatever you need, it can wait. Go for a walk. Yeah, Clinton, you know, volunteering to making dinner because maybe he's seen that I was really triggered and I'm feeling very overwhelmed, but I have household duties to do and him just stepping up and saying, hey, can I, you know, step up and, you know, make dinner so that you could just have some space, 30 minutes in the room, you know, go do what you need to do. And and we're, we become a team. Mm-hmm. And so then I come out and our communication, our relationship is so much better. It's so different because he has helped me get grounded and I'm helping him get grounded. And we we're working together as a team and it helps so much. Yep. You know, praying for your spouse is a big deal. And, and you, I don't think it's necessary right there to go, Oh, can I pray for you? No, I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is praying for them in, in secret and just, and saying when they go on their space, when they go on our walk, you're going to say, Lord, help my wife, help my husband. I want to lift them up right now. I want to intercede for them right now with all that they're feeling. It makes sense what they're feeling. God, give me the ability to become, you know, a, a person that maybe isn't the safest person right now, like, but I want to support them. Show me, Lord, give me the grace to know how I can support them right now in this. Mm. And then asking that question, which is what can I do to support you right now? What can I do to make you feel safe? How can I help you as you feel what you're feeling? It makes perfect sense what you're feeling. How can I support you as your spouse? Okay. So many good things there. Wraps it up. <laughs> you guys, we hope this helps. We uh, we love it when you reach out over Instagram or ask us anything page on our website. If you're hearing us for the first time, you can get plugged into Restored to More at restoredtomore.com. The number two, not spelled out. So restoredtomore.com. Also go on the Instagram, which is Restored to More. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. We have courses right now that are going on. The couples are just enjoying it. They're growing. It's hard, man. There's a lot of tears, but there's a lot of connection to a lot but of we camaraderie. Go, we go over this stuff and yeah. we go over it way more in depth. I know we just like, you know, yeah. just read through some of them, but we go through them more in depth and, and then you get to hear other couple stories yep. and what they're experiencing and how they can come together closer. Yeah. We're running those courses again in April for eight weeks and then we'll take, a, I think maybe a little break for a month or so and then jump back in. Um, but there is just a lot going on. So if, if we can come alongside your journey of restoration in any way, please reach out to us. We want to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for those of you that are supporting us financially and helping us. You are making these courses affordable. You're helping us continue to create free resources. It's a big deal. So I just want to say thank you for all you guys are doing. We're, we're very grateful, very grateful that you are reaching out and saying, me too. And you're saying, I, I'm going through this. I need some help because that was what God's called us to is just to continue to help other couples work towards recovery and restoration that only Jesus can do, man, restoring one marriage at a time after we all go through the sexual brokenness. Great for you guys. Hope you guys have a great day and hope you guys continue to enjoy the podcast and share it with your friends and family. I'm yours until the end of time. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, follow us on Instagram and sign up for the upcoming course. You can also connect with us on the ask us anything page at restored Also quick note, All the work at Restored to More Inc., including this podcast, is made possible by our donors and financial partners. We wouldn't be here without those who have generously given to the cause of restoration. If you ever feel led to give, you can do so on the donate page on our website, 